Good morning, good people. Good morning, peace and all good things. Tom Francis greeted people all the time. Peace and all good things. Pace bene. I was thinking this morning when I heard that reading, where in the Magnificat, Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And towards the end, she says, and the poor will be given all good things. Now, Francis loved the scripture. And he paid lots of attention to it. So I like to think that he added pace, bene, peace and all good things, because he loved that it was part of Mary's prayer. Well, he listened carefully to the readings. I know that I haven't always listened carefully because I have never heard it as such a revolutionary call as I did this time. Now, revolutionary, the people in power will be thrown off their, their thrones, the rich will be sent away empty, the poor will be given all good things. That's pretty revolutionary, but we don't hear it that way ourselves. But back in the 1940s, the British heard it that way very clearly, and they banned the reading of the Magnificat during their occupation or ruling of India because it fomented revolution in their eyes. Now, it wasn't just the British. Dictators in, it, in Argentina and Guatemala back in the 70s and 80s did the same thing. They said, no reading of the Magnificat. It's too revolutionary. Well, however we listen to the scriptures, we don't interpret it the way some people interpret it. I'd like to tell you a little bit about Francis and the nativity scene, because Francis listened to scriptures so carefully that he wanted other people to hear it in the same way. So almost 800 years ago, in 1223, Francis of Assisi gathered people in the village of Greccio into uh, an arena that he set up in a barn with animals, wild and domestic, with children, wild and not, and old people, young people, everyone came around at midnight on Christmas Eve of 1223 to celebrate Christmas as if they were in Bethlehem and that stable right then and there. Now that kind of visualization was so important because remember people didn't have books or magazines or anything and, and it was hard to sometimes imagine. So Francis made that possible. Well, I'd like to suggest that the visitation would lend itself to a kind of praying of the scripture that Ignatius of Loyola introduced another 500 years after Francis. Back in the 16th century, he suggested that the best way to pray with scripture was to put yourself in your imagination right into the scene. 
You smell the smells. You walk around the rocks and the pebbles and the debris. And you hear the sounds of the donkey braying, of children crying. Be there in your imagination in the scene. So I'm going to invite you today to come to the place where Mary leaves her home and goes to Ein Karim, just north of Jerusalem. It's a 90-mile trip, barefoot, I don't know, sandals, young woman, young teenager, beautiful. That road was a dangerous road, and it would take her three or four days at least to make that trip. Now, you remember in the Good Samaritan how those roads were hardly safe. So I invite you in your imagination to come to the beginning of Mary's trip and listen to what Mary has to say. You've just asked her, hey, what's going on? Where are you headed? And she's looking down, not real happy. She's sort of crying a bit. And she says, I'm going off to see my cousin Elizabeth. It's too difficult here at home right now. I'm, I'm afraid, I'm concerned, I'm dark and just dark and afraid. It's, it's, my parents are upset. They're worried about what the neighbors will say. They don't know what to make of my situation. I, you know, and I haven't been feeling well. Every morning, I just feel kind of upset in my stomach. I, I need to get away from town. I'm gonna to go see my old cousin. I think she must be at least 40. Uh, and she, they say she's pregnant. Whoa, well, I'm gonna make this trip because I need it. I need to somehow lighten my own darkness. You know, let's go up to Ayn Karim and peek in on Elizabeth. She's stirring a pot on the fire and there are tears kind of streaming down her face. And we come and sit by the fire with her and say, Elizabeth, what's happening? And she, in her moment of sadness, looks up and says, well, first of all, I feel very old. My belly is protruding. My back is killing me. People have laughed at me all my life that I had no children and they made fun of me and ignored me and shunned me. And I thought that was bad. But now, now that I'm with child, I'm embarrassed to go out and be with them. I haven't left the house for huh, almost six months. And on top of that, my husband hasn't spoken to me in six months. I am in, I, I, I'm just so down. I, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling big and old and clumsy and, and just depressed. Well, let's take a look. 
bit later, a few days later. What's it like when Elizabeth hears someone at the door, gets up, and sees that it's Mary, her young cousin? Oh, she is so grateful to see someone, to be able to talk to somebody, and to find somebody that she loves deeply. Well, Mary is so excited to be there, and they're both hugging each other. And at that moment, the child within Elizabeth's womb jumps for joy as well. Mary and Elizabeth have encountered the presence of the divine within each other, within themselves, within each other. Now, the question might be, what is the visitation about for us today? Here we are at the last week of Christmas preparations, the last week of Advent, busy, busy, all the things you forgot, all the things you've still got to do. What can we learn from Mary and Elizabeth? One thing, I think, is the value of friendship and caring. Take the time to listen to someone, as Mary and Elizabeth did. Take the time to take time. I mean, you don't have to walk 90 miles, but take time to be really present with someone, even in this hectic time. I think that's the, the place where Mary and Elizabeth can really speak to us. And if you've been in a dark place because of whatever situations, talk to Mary and Elizabeth. Talk to them about how that was for them and what, how they can help you. Now, they recognized the divine presence within each other and within themselves. I think that's another call for this visitation gospel. There's a 13th century German mystic, Meister Eckhart. He preached a sermon that is still remembered. He was celebrating the Christmas liturgy and was questioning, saying, what good does it do if Jesus was born of Mary hundreds and hundreds of years ago? People wondered what he was going to say. If I too don't birth Jesus in my environment, I think that's the call for transformation, paying attention, and being in the Christmas spirit that we give birth to the divine within. We share that goodness in our presence with others. And as Francis would say, peace and all good things.